The Courage to Lead, episode 158. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, please help me welcome Sean O'Rourke. Sean is a full-time husband, father of four, and a real estate investor. He hated his boss and his job as a production manager at a plant, and he decided to make a change and started to learn about real estate. Now, Sean was broke, but then he figured out how to operate in the real estate market with no money. He started wholesaling properties, and in his first year, he completed 36 deals and made over $300,000. Sean was able to accomplish all this while working full-time to support his wife and kids. Sean became an authority in his area, and as he grew, people realized his success was real. He quickly made a name for himself, and Sean started using private investors to fund his deals. And now, a full-time investor with over 250 residential properties and 600 mini storage units. Uh, He also owns multiple commercial properties. Sean was able to learn all this by listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos. Sean is an inspiration for people who want to do the same thing. And Sean says that anyone can do this with the knowledge and willingness to work. Sean, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Nice to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. I am excited to learn about this stuff. Now, this isn't exactly a rags to riches type story, but man, it's darn close, right? You, You didn't really know anything about real estate. You taught yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Initially. So I did. I taught, I taught myself, I started watching YouTube videos and, and uh, listening to podcasts from various different people. Um, now I will say after I got into it and uh, made a little bit of money, um, I did put a thousand dollars on a credit card and I hired a guy to show me the ropes on how to get started on, on wholesaling. And uh, you know, and I attribute a lot of my success to, to him because he, he really helped me understand that there's, I don't have to recreate the wheel. I can just use that wheel. And, uh, and, and by doing that, it really accelerated where I was going. So I'd already done a few deals. Um, but once I connected with him, it really helped me accelerate what I was doing as well. Nice. And now you got your system down and yeah. And you're helping other people, showing other people how to do this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, if you, if you, if you look at it, honestly, in that process, I mean, I was still broke. I made good money as a production manager, but my bills were set to my pay. And so I was still living day to day, paycheck to paycheck. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that you know, with a family and, and everything else, anybody really can do what I, you know, what I did. Very cool. All right. I want to come back and talk about how you got started, what you learned, how all this stuff works uh, for those who are not familiar with wholesaling, um, figure out uh, how that all works and stuff. But before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests, right? Listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood stars from TV, film, and stage. And I figured if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. <laughs> so Sean, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you. Yeah, fire. All right. Question one, what is your favorite word? Um, my favorite word is going to be um, dignity. Good job. What is your least favorite word? 
selfishness. Cool. What turns you on? Um, I would say um, my family, I would say. They're the most important. What turns you off? Mm. I will, I guess, um, and this can, this is kind of vague, but people, as far as, um, their, some personalities, I guess, personality styles. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, uh, V8. <laughs> Good job. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, oh, uh, noise on the chalkboard. Like, yeah. Nails chalkboard. On, yes. Yeah. Drives me insane. Absolutely. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Say that again. What profession? What other than your own, other than what you do right now, what profession would you like to do? Okay. Um, I'd love to be a professional dirt bike racer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on dirt bikes, motocross and everything. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Oh gosh. Uh, underwater um, welding. I think that's scary as I'll get out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I'm proud of you, my son. Good job. All right. Sean, we're going to take a little break here. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about how you got your start, what made you choose to go into real estate, how you learned this process, and exactly how it works. Because I'm sure a lot of people have no idea what wholesaling is all about, right? Love it. So we're going to come back and talk about that and more right after this. So listeners, stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Sean O'Rourke. Sean, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while because wholesaling, I... I don't really know anything about it. And I think there are a lot of our listeners are, are probably clueless about it and stuff. Um, but so tell me, you, you were a production manager at a plant. What, what kind of plant? Where did you work? Uh, we were an EPS manufacturer, so expandable polystyrene. Uh, we we're mostly known for pharmaceutical coolers. Okay. And how long have you been there? I was there, I think, 13 or 14 years. Nice. And then like most people, I assume you had these dreams of independence. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own boss at some point. Yeah, um, actually, I had wanted to do that for years and tried it initially before that position. I had my own concrete, decorative concrete business where I stained, stained and scored concrete. Nice. Um, and it went really well until the crash of 08, 09. Yeah. And it just killed me. Yeah, that kind of crushed a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
So while you're working at the plant, did you have other thoughts of going independent, doing something different? And, and yeah, what kind of so, things were you thinking of? Yeah, I always hustled on the side. So I love anything with a motor. And so I would buy a dirt bike or a four wheeler or a car and I would fix it up and flip it, you know, and um, I always uh, a guy told me actually thinking back, um, I was riding around with him. He had five houses that I ended up buying from him and we were riding around looking at him. And before we got back, he said we were talking about something and he's like, Sean, I've never known you not to have two jobs. You know, I didn't put two and two together. I didn't realize that, but you know, that's, that was real. Um, I just always hustled some way, somehow. Wow. Did you learn that growing up? No, no, I had, I guess um, I had desires of where I really wanted to be in life and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it just working a nine to five. Yeah. I hope people listen to that (laughs) because you can't, you'll never get to that position working for someone else. Yeah. Uh, you'll be comfortable. Like you said, you make good money. You'll be comfortable. You'll be able to take vacations once in a while, but you won't have that lifestyle for, yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. So what made you settle on real estate? <laughs> I just fell into it, to be honest with you. Um, it's not, it wasn't something that I s- was seeking out. So actually a friend of mine had a flip house. Um, he asked me if I could help him manage it. He didn't have the time, but he had the money. And I started managing the flip house and, um, Um, I found the contractor and so on and so forth. And that flip went haywire. And I, I mean, just went in an absolute wrong direction. And, uh, we ended up still making a little bit of money, but it, during that process, um, I was thinking to myself, there's gotta be an easier way to make money than what I'm doing right now. And that's where I started searching online for, um, ways to make money in real estate with no money. And that's how I stumbled on wholesaling. And I'm like, holy crap, this can't be legal. Like, there's no way you can do this. Well, not, that's when I first heard it, I'm thinking, wow, this sounds a little shady to me. But it is 100% legal, 100% above boards, yeah. right? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So for people who are not familiar with it, what exactly is wholesaling? Okay. So what wholesaling is, is negotiating with a seller that owns a property. You then get that property under contract. And then you either sell that contract, the contract, which is your equitable rights to that property. If you negotiate it right and get it at the right price, you can then turn around and sell that contract to another individual for two, ten, twenty thousand $20,000, whatever they're willing to pay for the contract. And they're going to pay you the money for your contract. And then they're going to pay what the contract for the purchase of the house is. So let's kind of give it an example. Let's say the house is worth a hundred grand and I negotiated a deal where I could get the house for $40,000 under contract. I write that contract between me and the seller. And then I go to a buyer that has cash and I say, Hey, Mr. Buyer, I'll sell you this contract for 10 grand. So he's paying 50,000 for a house that's worth a hundred. And, um, you know, and so that that's wholesaling. Uh, and then you can, or you can hold, tell it where you take it down with your own funds and turn around and sell it, you know, but, but that's a little bit different process. A little bit longer process, I'm assuming too. Um, depends. It depends if you already have, let's say you already have the buyer, but you don't, um, let, like for instance, what if you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars on a, um, on a, uh, a deal and on that hundred thousand dollars, 
uh, you don't want that buyer to recognize that you're making a hundred grand because, and, and I vet people sometimes to say, look, if I've got a $200,000 house and I'm selling it to you for a hundred grand, is that a good deal? And 99% of the people are going to say, yeah, absolutely. That's a great deal. Well, and then I ask them, okay, but what if I got it for a dollar? Is that still a good deal? They're going to potentially say yes, but when it comes down to it, if they know that you're making a hundred grand on that deal, a lot of times people get greedy and they're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. It's not fair. You're making too much money and the numbers work for them before. But when they find out how much money you make, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So what you can do is just go ahead and have the closing lined up. I close on the property and then take ownership of that property and then sell them the property after that. And, you know, and it just keeps everybody honest sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That word fair creeps in every once in a while and stuff. What's fair is what you negotiate, right? It's not what somebody else, I mean, you know, I, I get, this is one of my pet peeves is you hear this CEO is making $3 million a year. Yeah. Oh, that's not fair. It is fair. He, he negotiated his contract. He's that's built it. this company. He employs these people. He makes this kind of revenue for the stakeholders. What's what's fair got to do with it, right? Yeah, I mean, and th- and that's the point. And, you know, and a lot of times you can negotiate a price, um, and they're happy with the price. You know, and so if that's the case, then that should be the deal. But I've had deals that kind of went south because of that. So, you know, sometimes it just makes more sense to double close on it than it does to. Uh, then the wholesale it to them. Yeah. Now, do the sellers ever, I mean, do they know up front that you're like the middleman in this transaction? Do they know that? You know, it, well, so what I'll tell them is, look, guys, I'm an investor. Um, and, you know, we're going to get a deal done. Sometimes I work with other people to get the deal done. And so I bring outside people in to help fund the deals to get it closed. And that's how I present it. Because that's the truth. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not trying to pull the wool over be shady or anything. Sometimes I have to work with other people to get the deal done. And so that's kind of what we do. And, and two, like if you're a newbie, okay. And you're not, you, you're not a quote unquote investor yet. The word investor, typically people think, well, it's money. Well, what's more valuable than money? Your time. Time, Time, right? So you're investing your time and effort into going and finding a deal. In my opinion, you're an investor as well. You're just investing actually a more valuable resource than money. And so, so that's how I look at that. Nice. So you actually find these, these sellers, you negotiate with them, you find a, a price that you think builds some equity in there and stuff like that covers whatever your fees are. And then you find somebody who wants to come in and buy that from you. Yes. Yes. And, and, and here's the deal on, on the, on how to find the deals that make sense. We do real estate every day. And because we do real estate every day, we kind of understand the process, but 99% of America does not. And sometimes what happens is if people inherit properties or they go through a divorce or they get hit on hard times and can't afford to repair, fix places up, and they honestly don't know what to do with the property. And some of them stick their head in the sand like an ostrich because they just think that it's just going to go away. Right. So what I like to do is come in and give them options for opportunities to be able to help them out of a situation. You know, and, and I'm open and honest with them, too, to say, 
if you can go sell this with a real estate agent, or if you can do this and make more money, I want you to do that. But if you don't, I can give you this easy option on how to be able to sell it. Very cool. So you're actually helping them out of a difficult situation, right? And that's, yeah. that's the name of your company is, is Simple Exit. Simple Home Exits. Yep. Simple Home Exits. Very cool. So where do you find these properties? And, and you say they're, they're not local to you. Most of them are out, out of state for you, right? Sure. Yeah. So they're going to be in six different, six different uh, markets, um, mostly the Southeast, um, just because if you can kind of tell, I've kind of got a Southern Slightly. slang, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm relatable and my crew, my team are, are just like, you know, just like me, um, we all girls included have the Southern slang. And so we kind of relate to those individuals, you know, when you're having those conversations, because in all honesty, it's relationships mm -hmm. that you build, um, in that transaction, because it's not always about money. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost all business is relationships, right? Yeah. They should start that way. So, um, you find these, these, uh, properties online most of the time? Yeah. So we, we pull data, um, there, you know, a majority of the records that you have on your house and your cell phone and all that stuff, that's all public record. Uh, you sign stuff that, that allows that to happen. And so what we'll do is there's companies out there um, that you can pull data from like list source, and it'll give me uh, the name of the owner of the property, the address of the property and some, a few details about the property equity and, and um, you know, a few other things, beds and baths, whatever. And, um, and then I take that data. So I'll get a list. We may have 20,000 leads in that list that says these people meet this criteria. And then we, we take and send that into a company that, that skip traces it and skip tracing basically says it takes the owner's name, the address of that owner, and then it gives phone numbers associated with that residence. Okay. And then once we do that, um, we then, depending on the area, we either call them um, or text them. Uh, we've sent mailers, um, just various different types of marketing to say, hey, um, you know, I know, I know you may not be interested, but I just wanted to reach out to you to see if you wanted to sell your house at 123 Main Street. So when you look through these properties, you have certain criteria are looking mainly single family homes. Do you do? Yes. Mainly single family homes. Um, and, and what we've, we've changed our business model a little bit. So now we sell to institutional buyers. So when I first started, I was selling to the mom and pops like me that uh, were, were buying, you know, single family houses, but now we've moved over to the institutional buyers because we can do higher volume we know the criteria, what their buy box is. And so when we pull that data, that data is associated with what they want in that area. And then, and then we can then take those properties and, and dispo them to the institutional buyers. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So you already know kind of this, this would fit their criteria. So you call them up, say, I've, I've got a property here for you. Yes. Nice. Very cool. So uh, I've heard of other people like being a, a uh, a researcher to find a certain car. Somebody wants a certain car. You know, mm -hmm. I had a 70 Mustang when I was in high school, 70 Mach one fastback Mustang. 
if I said I want that product, I could find somebody who could go out to the different you know, markets and try to find a 70. Sure. Do you have people reaching out to you saying, hey, this is what we're looking for. Help us buy this. I have. Yep. I have in the past. I haven't been very successful on that. Um, just because what we do is we look for opportunity. And if I'm trying to key in on one specific thing, mm. I kind of miss out on all the other opportunities that are, that I come in contact with. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, and so instead of being structured in a box, we take the box, kick it down the road and we open ourselves up for everything, right. every opportunity that we have. But then you have somebody in mind. I'm assuming yes. when you, when you find the property, it's like, I know these guys, yep. you know, this particular in, institution, or this group investment group, whatever it happens to be, this is something they would be interested in. It's in their market area that they like to. to yes. hundred percent. Yep. And, and that's, that's, what's key. Once you, once you have that, um, that specific criteria for the institutional buyers, then you can really niche down certain areas criteria and go after that type of deal. Um, but always be open to other opportunities. I actually had a kid. It's kind of funny. We're talking about this. So I got a kid that's coming on. He's a young guy. We're very motivated. He's in the car sales right now. He's going to be coming onto our team in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we were talking, you know, and he was like, He's like, well, you know, do you guys, what about this right here? And we were going through my Podio system, my CRM. And I was like, oh, that's a lot. I don't worry about those. And he's like, why? And I was like, ah, I don't know. We just don't. And he's like, well, why don't we try to sell it? And I forgot. That's an opportunity. Like, don't be closed-minded and don't just think that just because it's a lot, it doesn't make sense. If we could get that lot for 200 bucks and sell it for 10 grand, why not? Absolutely. You know? Nice. And so this will, the wholesaling uh, format or framework will work for almost anything, wouldn't it? Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Got a key instance. Got a good friend of mine. He owns a shoe store here locally. Okay. He's killing it. And the reason he's killing it is he's going to the mom and pop shoe stores that have been struggling mm -hmm. and he's buying them out. So he's buying their inventory at a discounted rate, okay, because he's helping them out of a situation. Again, it goes right back to what we were talking about. Yeah. You find the problem so that you can help somebody, and in turn, you're going to make money because of it, right? He does that exact same thing. He goes and finds these shoe stores that are going out of business, buys their inventory, takes it back to his, and so he's buying it. Let's say he's buying shoes for two or three dollars and selling them for sixty, and they're worth a hundred. You know, so everybody wins in that scenario. Wow. Same thing. Very cool. Very cool. So now you're helping people to do the wholesaling in real estate. How do you do that? How do you help them? Yeah. Um, I've, they've got a few different ways that we do it. Um, I just built this out actually a month and a half ago, finalized it. Um, and I have a student that come on three weeks ago. Last week, he started marketing and got his first deal. So that's exciting. Wow. Um, um, but Basically, we have an online course that you can buy, that you can go at your own pace. Um, and it takes you from soup to nuts, all the way from mindset at the beginning to how to work through finding, locating, searching for deals, skip tracing, 
to getting a closing attorney and going through the whole gamut from four to back. And then at the end, it has a negotiation negotiations course that's attached to it that also teaches you, okay, how do you negotiate to understand how you fix somebody's problem? Um, and so that that's a portion of it as well. And you can take it at your own pace. When you buy that, you also get, we have a subscription-based Facebook page. So every Thursday, I, I have a, a Zoom call with everybody, all the clients, and we walk through personally, deal by deal or, or issue by issue or strength or weakness every week on how do we proceed? How do we go forward? How do we continue to grow? How do you get the deal done? You know, so on and so forth. And so um, you can either buy the course or you can just get onto the subscription Facebook page either way um, and, and get started. Um, so, and then if you, if you've already know how to find deals, but you want somebody to kind of coach you a little bit more, we have different steps on different levels. If you wanted to go further and deeper, come hang out at the office for three days or anything like that. And I'm assuming the, the negotiation is a big part of that. If you can't negotiate a good deal, right? Yeah. You're not going to win. They're not going to yeah. win. Yeah. And one of the key things that I tell people on negotiations are be real. Like there's times where I get on the phone and I'm stuttering. Now, some of it may be that intentional. Some of it's because it's nerves. I mean, even today, you know, I mean, when I'm talking to people, I'm just, I'm just the same guy as the other person on the phone. Uh, and there's nothing different. And, and that's what uh, I really try to key in and help people on is to understand, you know, it, we're all human. We have our flaws. We have our, our strengths and our weaknesses, and that's okay. Um, but if you're real honest and trustworthy, but then open, um, usually the negotiation side, um, you know, goes real well. Yeah. Like I said, you're, you're, you're focused on helping them out of a problem. They may yeah. be in a situation where financially they need to get out of this house. Is it a, a certain price level you go for? Do you go for starter homes, first mm. time home buyers, or do you work at the, the bigger McMansion yeah. type properties? So we do both. Um, it, for Mississippi, the medium home price is somewhere around 150, 175,000, probably somewhere in that neighborhood now because of inflated real estate prices. Um, but we work from anything. We'll do deals locally. Um, a twelve thousand dollar house that's a burnout, all the way up to we'll buy. You know, we'll get deals under contract for five hundred grand. Wow. Um, and so for Mississippi, that would be a mansion. You know, sure. five hundred thousand would be a mansion. Yeah. That would be a starter home in California. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So, like I said, I've, I've just. This is just awesome to me that you can really, you really can learn almost anything on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. That this, is wild. <laughs> this is what I tell everybody too. So I've been on, you know, a few podcasts and I've also had a lot of people reach out to me on social media and they say, you know, what, what do I do? What do I do? And I say, the first thing you do is something. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want to do real estate, I'll show you. But if you want to do something else, that's totally fine. Just do something. Fall forward. Make a mistake. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. As long as that mistake isn't just some stupid financial mistake, you're going to be fine. Just And then once you make that mistake, you learn from it and you go again and again and again. And as you do that and you stay consistent, 
you'll win. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's good advice for everybody. Like I said, fail forward, learn from your mistakes and keep going. Yeah. Very cool. So when you first started, you, you didn't really have money. Um, did you need money to negotiate these, these contracts or can you do it without having any money? And then what happens if you don't, if you aren't able to sell that property? Yep. Okay. So the first couple of deals I did, I didn't have any money. Um, the first house, I got two houses under contract at the same time. The guy had two of them. First one I got under contract for, I think it was $10,000. The other one was $12,000 for the two houses. They needed some work. One of them needed a lot more work than the other one. Um, and, and I didn't have any money. So I got the contracts and I come home and I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I got it. You know, I'm, I'm, and I'm like, oh crap, what do I do now? You know? And so I got on Facebook and started reaching out and saying, Hey, if you're looking to buy properties, um, I may have an opportunity reach out to me and let me know what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. I had this guy reach out to me and, um, um, his name was Mark and was the first wholesale deal I ever did with him. And he knew I was green, knew it. And he got me down. I made 750 bucks. Okay. Um, but it was, it, it's what I learned. I learned off of that to understand that it was viable and it could be done. Um, if I couldn't have closed on that, what I would have done and what I do now is I go to people, you know, let's say situations happen. Let's say there's a lien on the title. We had one, we had one that took eight months to try to get closed because he had a $500,000 $500, federal tax lien on it, federal drug narcotics tax lien on it. And, uh, you know, on those kind of deals, you go to them and you say, look, an issue come up. I'm sorry, but at this point, we're not going to be able to close. But I'm going to do everything I can to try to help you sell this property. Um, I'm sorry, you know, and, and I apologize, but based on the due diligence period or the process or whatever, we just can't close. And in your contract, when you're negotiating with these people, you'll have a certain due diligence period, right? So you have to have that due diligence period in there for two reasons. Even if you're going to buy the house yourself, you still have to do your inspections mm -hmm. or you have to, you know, make sure you can get the money, the loan for the bank from the bank and blah, blah, blah. It's the same process with wholesaling. Now, there are some people out there that are doing shady business. Okay. They'll go get a property under contract, not knowing what they're doing over, you know, they get the contract too high and then they can't sell it to anybody. And then they go back and they're like, sorry, I can't help you. Well, that's kind of, that's a, that's the wrong way to do business. Um, because you're not caring about the people and, and that's the whole key is caring for who you're, who you're dealing with. And, uh, and so, and, and, and having that integrity to try to do the right thing. And just some people don't, you know, they're yeah. just the way it is. But usually they don't last long. Yeah, that's right. They don't stay in business long. Exactly. Wow. So is that due diligence period longer in the wholesaling? Or is it it's about generally standard. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Wow. And that gives you enough time to do everything you need to do to decide, yes, I can sell this place. Now the, the contract period is what? So 30, 45 days? Usually 35 days. Okay. Yeah. And so due diligence, let's say is 10 days. You have 10 days to check and make sure everything is working. Is that the time you're trying to find the buyer? Yeah. So, uh, and usually it'll be, Sometimes depending on, depending on the deal, 
it's anywhere from 10 days to 30 days on the due diligence because all deals are different, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them is, a, you know, right away, it's good to go and you don't have a problem. Other ones, you may have to stretch it out because, you know, maybe it has foundation issues and you have to get a foundation guy out there to do an inspection on it to tell you what kind of repairs it's going to need. You know, and if you do that homework up front, when you go to somebody that's interested in possibly buying your contract, you can say, look, this is the quote that's been done for the, for this, blah, blah, blah. So you have basically a, a pamphlet for them to understand okay. now, here's the packet. Uh, this is what I'm going to expect. Got it. What they're getting into and stuff. Yeah. Now with these properties being out of town, how do you find those resources to go out and do the inspections? Google. Yeah. Google, you, we live in a world now where we have access to anything we want on our cell phones. Very cool. Good job. All right. So uh, the podcast is about courage. To me, this took courage because I understand not being happy where you are, wanting to do something different, but then stepping into something you've never really done before, never mm -hmm. heard of before and stuff, that takes courage. Where did that come from? You know, I think some of that come from my childhood. Um, growing up, it was pretty hard. It was a pretty rough childhood. Um, I didn't have anything handed to me, you know. Um, and so I had to make my own way. And um, I think that gave me courage and resilience to understand that it doesn't matter what happens. Um, if you believe in yourself, you can do it. And that gives you the strength, the courage to just keep moving forward. And then when you fail, I mean, just like that first business I had with the, with the stain and concrete, I mean, it, it did really well when it did really well, but then it failed. Yeah. I could have just cowered down and said, I'm never going to be anything, you know, and, but I, you just can't do that. I mean, you have to move, you have to keep moving. Don't stop. And, uh, and that's where that courage came from. And uh, then also, so I have two business partners with me now. So when I first started, I didn't. I actually met them by wholesaling them an apartment complex and a house. And they approached me after the fact and said, man, we'd love to partner with you. And I was scared to death. I'm going to be honest. Matter of fact, I took, I took off of work one day just to lay in a hammock and, 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 and think about what in the world is going on. Is this going to really happen? Like, can I, can I do this? Yeah. Um, I was scared to death to quit my job, to do this full time. Looking back on it, it was the best decision that I ever made. And I really appreciate my business partners sure. for giving me the push and having the confidence in me to be able to do that. So sometimes courage comes from an outside source. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like you said, it's, you know, it, it's stopping to think what's the worst that could happen. Yeah. You could always go back to work somewhere, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. why not try it? Give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And so you've got the business partners. How many other people do you have working for you? We've got uh, one, two, six people. Yeah. Six people right now in the office. Very cool. And then when you were working at the plant, how many folks did you have working for you there? Uh, 45. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So a question I'd like to ask is if I was to bump into any of these folks on the street and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Oh, gosh, I don't like putting words in other people's mouths. Um, I would say a caring one. You know, like 
I care about the people that, that, that work with us. Um, they're more important to our business than I am. Um, and, and because of that, I have to appreciate them. So I, I guess they would say a caring or, um, I guess that'd be it. Nice. Yeah. Cause it really is about the people. I mean, in business, it's the relationships you build in your company. It's the people. If you take care of your people, they'll take care of your customers and your customers yeah. will take care of your business. Absolutely. And that's the motto actually. So we do, um, have you ever heard of EOS? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we run our business off the EOS model. Nice. And, um, and we have our, you know, our, our statements that we have and, and, the the one main statement that we have is care about people, not about profit. Right. Um, and and so that's that's kind of what we live by. Very cool. Yeah. Um, EOS Gino Wickman. I've invited him to be on the podcast. I'm waiting to hear yeah. from him. I think that'd be a great conversation. Oh man. But yeah. I I know other businesses, and I've actually helped one of my clients. He was uh, in the EOS. He'd heard about it and things like that. So we're working through the process to get all that structured in his business. And it's, it's done amazing things for them. Yeah. Helped them grow. yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Good stuff. So what's next for you? I mean, you've, uh, you know, you've come so far, you've done so much. What's next? Well, I, you know, I'm getting so much enjoyment out of helping other people at this point, like coaching these people, seeing them win. I, I'll tell you another uh, example. Had, I went and taught a class at my local high school where my son, son and daughter go to school. And uh, um, it was a finance course. And it's she's mainly basing it on the Dave Ramsey model, and uh, which is great. I love Dave Ramsey. He's got some good stuff. But at the same time, <clears throat> I couldn't, as an investor, use Dave Ramsey's model because it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um, for me. And so I could because I like to leverage the banks instead of trying to pay cash for everything. So I go in there and, and I'm trying to give them a different perspective because I think ultimately it's their decision and they have to figure that part out. But I don't, you know, I wanted them to have a different perspective than pay cash for everything. Sure. Had two high school guys, kids, they're 17, both of them are 17 seniors that approached me after the class. And I was like, man, this was so interesting. Appreciate you coming in. Can we get your phone number? We'd love to sit down and talk to you. I said, yeah, absolutely. So I give them my phone number few weeks later, we go have lunch together and I give them some step-by-step things that they need to do. Two weeks ago, they called me and said, we got this. We found this house. I was like, really? They're driving around, found this house. And, uh, and, and so they started searching, trying to get a hold of them. Yesterday, uh, I got a text from them. They got the house under contract. And, uh, and I'm probably going to be, uh, Simple Homemakes is probably the buyer for that that property for them. So they're doing a wholesale deal at 17 years old. Nice. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff is just awesome to me. Sure. Well, and you know, it's mindset. Like I said, if if you've got the willingness to do it, you're willing to work, put the hours in and uh, that's, that is cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, this is awesome, man. I really appreciate this. I'm definitely going to keep in touch because I want to find out how you're doing with all this stuff. If people want to get in touch with you and learn about your program, how can they do that? What's your website? Yeah, our website is www.highperformanceedu.com. It's highperformanceedu.com. Um, that's going to be uh, our course. It's called 90 Days to Escape Your 9 to 5. 
Nice. And um, um, they can go to that website. They can reach out to me on social media, Sean O'Rourke on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm bearded underscore investor. Um, and they can message me uh, if they want. Um, I'd be happy to, to um, respond back to anybody. And you've got your private Facebook group. Yes. Right, that people can get into. What yes. Yeah. So that's 90 days to escape your nine to five Very cool. on Facebook. On Facebook. Excellent. Sean, I appreciate this. I will have all of these links in the show notes so people know how to reach out to you and, and get in touch. And, uh, you may have just launched new careers for people. Awesome. I, I hope I did. Yeah. That's excellent. Very cool. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your time, sir. Awesome. Thanks for letting me, letting me be on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of notes. Definitely check the show notes, uh, find all the links uh, to get in touch with Sean or work and his programs. And uh, yeah, share this with your family, friends, colleagues, anybody who's looking to ditch the nine to five. This is one way to do it. And uh, yeah, share it with them and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now.